Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Ireland's Birth Stories, a podcast created for women to share their experiences with pregnancy and birth. My name is Cora Gernon and I've created this space to enable women to share their experiences from start to finish without feeling shy about the detail. The podcast is currently brought to you by Waterfall Plastic Free Baby Wipes, which contain 99.9% purified water and are both fragrance free and alcohol free. The wipes are made from natural cellulose plant fibres, making them so much softer and kinder to delicate skin. Waterfall Baby Wipes are hypoallergenic, having been extensively tested by dermatologists and are approved by the Skin Health Alliance and Allergy UK accepted by the National Eczema Association and are also certified by Cruelty Free International and the Vegan Society. Waterfall Baby Wipes are 100% plastic free, 100% biodegradable and 100% compostable. Breaking down in a matter of weeks, they are the best choice for our planet and also your baby's future. Available for purchase in Tesco, selected super values and can be bought in bulk size on Amazon. Kindful, mindful and waterful. Apologies for the massive delay in getting this episode up. I'm in the middle of trying to tra- get nap- all of our out of nappies at night time um, and it didn't go as planned. So apparently, you know, if you pick them up at whatever, 10, half 10 when you're going to bed and you bring them into the toilet, they will just go straight back to sleep and that just didn't happen. Once Oliver is awake, he's awake. So he's clocking 12 hours at the minute. So I'm just going to leave him alone, let him do his thing and not interrupt his sleep from now on. But if you do have any tips, send them my way. I would appreciate them. Um, so today I'm resharing my chat with Ali O'Leary, who I know a lot of you know already uh, and appreciate her honesty, which I did in this episode. She shares each of her experiences with birth from giving birth to her little girl Georgia through to discovering she was pregnant with triplets and then three little boys arriving into the world via cesarean birth so she chats about the ins and outs of that and also motherhood um yeah mothering four small kids I know from feedback that a lot of parents mum of multiples have really appreciated this episode so enjoy and I will have another episode ready to go at 12 o'clock tonight thanks and chat to you tomorrow Ali thanks a million for agreeing to share your story if you wanted to start by giving us a little introduction um my name is Ali 
I am 33. I am from Tallaght in Dublin and I am a mom of four. So I have a five-year-old little girl called Georgia and then I had a hat-trick of boys. I have three triplet boys who are Letty, Ted and Bruce and they're one. They're gorgeous. And so do you want to tell me then how you, did you plan Georgia? Yeah. So yeah, we were rented at the time and I think I was 27 when she was born. So yeah, Georgia was just very straightforward. <laughs> no messing around, just yeah. pregnant, got pregnant very easily. And well, I'd say it was a straightforward, it wasn't a nice pregnancy, but it was a straightforward pregnancy. So uh, um, I don't think I could ever describe any form of pregnancy. <laughs> it's a nice experience. I, I'm one yeah. of them moms. <laughs> but uh, I know some people have lovely experiences, but uh I did not miss my bump at any stage, I would say, on either of my pregnancies. But yeah, very straightforward pregnancy in that regard. So I okay. I say I won't give out too much, but I still definitely do. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm the same. I don't enjoy pregnancy at all. No. Yeah, I enjoy having awesome. the baby in my arms and saying goodbye yeah. to the bump. Hand yeah. me, like even now, if someone handed me five more babies, like I'm not asking anyone to, but I wouldn't <laughs> like that part as much as, uh, whereas if someone asked me to have another one, I'd be like, absolutely no way. Yeah. Um, I always said, actually, funny enough, um, me and Chris, actually, before I had the boys, I always said I'd love to have three kids. And he always said he'd love to have two. And I said, well, you're only getting two because I'm not getting pregnant more than twice. Like, yeah. So uh, we kind of we, we kind of laughed saying, I think we jinxed, we both jinxed. Her. <laughs> you did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How many weeks were you when you had Georgia, when you started going into labour? I was 41 plus six and I okay. was induced. Oh yeah, no, it wasn't. I'm convinced I'd still be pregnant on her. He's <laughs> just one of them kids. Like, you know, you're like, ah, oh. but um, yeah, no, I was um, 41 plus six. I was 44 minutes off being 42 weeks pregnant when she finally made her entrance. And um, so I'm going to claim the 42 weeks just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I was induced on Georgia. So I actually don't like, I'm one of those people that once I hear 40 weeks, getting 40 weeks was like oh god and then once I hit it I just didn't care because I knew I had an end date a 100% end date in sight so um yeah I didn't actually mind going over I know loads of people hate going over on pregnancies and stuff like that got induced on her so yeah, the last two weeks weren't too bad it was the, the 40 before that I'd be <laughs> and did you have a plan so did you like did you want an epidural or did you want to go no I didn't I, I kind of said I wanted an epidural I kind of said like I wanted to enjoy it which yeah. sounds, you know, I know other people enjoy it in different, they want to feel it and all this. I wanted to be, if you had to be numb from the neck down, I would have spoken. I just wanted to kind of not look back and just be thinking I was in pain for X amount of hours. Yeah. And realistically, that's what it was going to be. So yeah, as soon as the epidural was offered to me, I <laughs> did not hesitate for a second. I always say it was like something out of... Um, a comedy sketch because as soon as they kind of asked me I got down to the delivery ward and they were like are you looking for an epidural and I was like where are the drugs <laughs> and with that the anesthetist just happened to be walking by and he just popped his head in and was like hello and I was like oh hello like it was Chris always describes it as um because he had to he used the bathroom so they kind of said to him you go downstairs and well you know you're kind of no use to us here at this stage when I was getting the epidural and he said when I went down it was like a scene from the exorcist you know, he was like, you were just, I was done at that stage. I was, yeah. I think only, like I was only a centimeter dilated and I was, I'd had enough. I was just like, no, um, I was induced at like 9am and this is at like quarter past four and I, I was done. I was like, nope, <laughs> give me the drugs, I'm done. Um, and he said when he came 
back up, I was only short of having a cocktail in my hand. Oh, okay. like, <laughs> being like, oh, and so where are you from? And where are you? But it's <laughs> that like, quick, apparently, yeah. yeah. It was, it was unbelievable. Like it was instant. And I had now, like, uh, you know, people talk about side effects and stuff like that with epidurals and stuff. I had yeah. nothing whatsoever, no side effects. I could actually still move my legs. And like people always say, like it, it was sort of funny because stuff you worry about going in, I was worrying about, you know, will the epidural hurt? And, you know, I didn't want to get a catter in. And, you know, like yeah. little things like this that you're, you know, you psych yourself up <laughs> at that stage. Like yeah. one thing I'll tell anyone is like, you don't care. You don't feel it. You don't, no. it doesn't bother you. I was like, if you, if you want to go in, ask for it, get it, you'll be fine. I was like, but yeah. again, each their own, I suppose. In the end, Georgia um, swallowed Macaulay. She had meconium in my okay. waters. So she had swallowed it. So she went into distress at the end. So I did have to get like vacuum and forceps and all the fun stuff. And I okay. was one of those really lucky women who um, had my placenta didn't want to deliver. Yeah, so um, I had an epidural for that and I remember them handing me the gas and air as well because otherwise they'd have to section it and I remember that not being a good sign. So um, I wouldn't recommend that part of it. Um, (laughs) I don't think you get a choice, but uh, I like that was kind of the only thing labour-wise, you know, actual pushing and stuff like that. Still to this day, I'll only describe it as the weirdest thing you'll ever. <laughs> it's not good. It's not bad. It's just weird. Yeah. Um, and yeah, all fine. It was just my placenta wouldn't attach. So um, that kind of, I had to go on oxytocin for the night afterwards. And okay. so I still getting contractions after it had had for. So yeah. I had a little bit of a complication in that regard, but luckily nothing long term around like that. It was just for a couple of hours afterwards. And, and luckily, so did they break your waters for you then or did it happen naturally? Yeah. No, no, I, they broke my water. So I didn't get, I didn't actually get induced in regards. I didn't get gel or any of that. Okay. Stuff. I was in and they literally had said they can just break my waters. And that if things progressed, then they were happy enough to do so. So I was, I was very straightforward in that regard. So okay. thank God. <laughs> and then how were you then after her birth? So you probably were you a bit. Yeah, no, I wasn't. I, like, I have to say that's the one thing I don't think people talk enough about. It's kind of like, shh, you've had the baby. Yeah. You have a cute baby to distract everyone. Let's pretend nothing else is going on. Um, like I remember like Chris was laughing at me because she went straight down to special care. So just because she'd swallowed the meconium, then we knew she was fine. They just said, look, we're going to bring her down for a few days. And like, as I, I, I know no different. All of my children went straight to the NICU. So I yeah. get, had nothing to compare to. And to be honest, I always say if someone handed me a child that night, I don't know what I would have done. Like, um, yeah, I was in, I was in a bad way for a few days as in just, I think it's a shock of it as well. Like, mm-hmm. it, like anyone that goes to childbirth, you're kind of like, like you always see this ideal of, you know, you handed your baby and wheeling down. And, you know, obviously a lot of people breastfeed straight away. A lot of people are up and about straight away and stuff like that. And yeah, no, I remember the nurse telling me and the ward, when I went down to the ward, it was about 2 a.m. And the nurse said she could just hear me. Now I'm one of those, those gobshites who's too polite for their own good sometimes. And I hate ringing the button <laughs> for the nurse, right? I'm always like, yeah. there's so much to do. I don't want to be at them. Um, and my sister's a nurse. Like, if it was her now, I'd be... <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, you know, I'm just always like, unless it's completely necessary, I'm not ringing the, the bell because they've yeah. loads to do. Um, so I remember, I remember the bell was actually, whatever way I'd gotten the bed, it was twisted behind me. And I, I really, like, you know, when you're like, I actually need to call the nurse because like, I don't feel right. And I remember trying to turn because I'm still on the oxytocin and stuff like that. So I yeah. remember trying to turn to get that bell 
And the nurse said all she could hear was this noise. And I was in an overflow ward of only like four women. And I was like, oh, because I was starting to panic because I couldn't oh, no. get to the gun. <laughs> now, of course, it's not. I thought I was making no noise. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? Like, And um, she just walked in and was like, are you okay? And I was just like, no, I'm not okay. I just, you know, I was at the stage where I was like, I just need someone to like move me or sit me up or yeah. And I didn't expect any of that. So I think that kind of threw me a lot in the first day or two that, oh God, like this was a lot yeah. more dodging on my body in that regard than, than I actually thought it was going to be. So, and then I remember I actually got a bit upset. Um, I think it was about 6am. The nurses came in and let me have a shower and do all that. And I just wanted to go down to her, but because they were like, God bless the nurse, because they were so understaffed a nurse had to go down with me to see her. I hadn't seen, like I'd literally seen her for a second and I hadn't seen her and I was just like, I just want to go down and see her. And they had to come in, like, to be fair, a nurse was on her break. She came off her break to bring me down to the NICU. Like, you know, like the things, that's why you'll always find me on a, on a picket line for, for nurses. Yeah, I don't yeah. say little things like that will always stick with you. Um, but uh, she, yeah, brought me down because I got real upset afterwards because obviously when everything wears off and you're up and you're, I just wanted to go down and see her like and no one could bring me so I was like starting to panic a bit like so to be yeah. fair <laughs> this, that was the first time not, you'd seen her then since you yeah I literally they handed her to me when she was born real quick but I had that uncontrollable shake thing I just I, I got real worried then because I was like I'm gonna drop her like you know that way <laughs> like why yeah. did they put a baby on me kind of panic you know um so they kind of literally put her on me and took her straight off and then she was gone so like now, again, at the time, I didn't want her on me, if that sounds awful, but I, I didn't because I was just panicking. And uh, yeah, so I'd only actually gone down to see her then at about six when the nurses walked down mm-hmm. with me and walked me back up. Like So I always remember her horse. She was, <laughs> she was full of fluid. She was this eight pound, 12 ounce baby. Mm-hmm. And she was in the NICU with these teeny tiny little like one two three pound babies <laughs> you know every time a parent came in I was like I'm very sorry she's very <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you kind of laugh at it and, like obviously being on the other side but now you laugh but um yeah I remember just being like oh my god the size of my baby like she looked enormous obviously by yeah. comparison so uh yeah no I didn't that the after bit actually was probably what drew me the most in regards and as well like I always say to people you're you know, the first thing everyone wants to comment on after you have a baby is you look great. And you, like, you know yourself. You're like, I do in my bleeding high horse look great. Like you're, and you're like, thank you, you know, that way. And um, all that kind of stuff. But you just feel, like I always said, I felt like I was trapped in someone else's body after I had Georgia because all these things I was so well able to do. And all of a sudden, you know, you kind of think after you have the baby, you'll, you know, you, you see all these images, you, you watch yeah. all these things, you think I'll snap back and I'll be fine and I'll be back doing all my bits. And I, I there was no <laughs> yeah. there was There was a, a very slow stretch back maybe. <laughs> it relaxed back in a little bit, but uh, there was definitely no snap with me. Like, so um, I did find that actually more difficult than I thought I would. So. so do you mean in terms of like getting your body back or getting yourself back? Oh, no, just like sitting up standing you know standing yeah. up sit, sitting up Jeremy um you had damage then from the forceps did you yeah like I had an episiotomy as well um okay which again is another thing I don't think anyone you know it's this kind of thing that we don't want to scare women mm-hmm. so we just don't tell them about it mm-hmm. like like it, it's magically going to go away um like I love information I'm one of those people the more you tell me 
the more prepared I am and the more mentally able I am for, like the physical side of things I can deal with if I if I can kind of put a plan in place and I yeah I have an idea of what's going to happen and um, and again when I had the lads I was very lucky that I kind of didn't know all that in Georgia because I made sure going in with them that I, I knew as much as I could and I asked many questions but um, my sister as I said is a nurse so she I knew she had had an episiotomy as well so I knew what it was I knew all these things and then that was it I knew what it was and I knew it wasn't pleasant and I'd try and avoid it at all costs but uh like even the the healing process from that on top of like without being crude but I will I say this to any girl I know that has had babies you know you're on medication afterwards I was on Galfer which has a completely different side effect yeah Mm -hmm. and basically I wasn't able to go to the bathroom so I'm trying to you're constipated with stitches yeah like I, I found that like to this day, I am like anyone I talk to, I will tell them that because I'm like, be so careful. I'm like, you've no idea the damage you can do after you have a baby. I'm like, you know, no one tells you all these nitty gritty parts. So yeah. all of a sudden you're just kind of, and it's, it's kind of embarrassing, you know, you're like, what the hell is this normal? Like, is yeah. it, is, can I talk to my friends about this? If you talk to the one friend that hasn't gone through and knows nothing, you feel like you're the only person and you're like, oh God, why did I say it to her? I don't want to say it to someone else. Whereas I think if we're all kind of very open and honest in like any of my friends, I'm like, if you want any question answered, I'm like, even if it didn't happen to me, I guarantee you someone's told me about it. And joys of hairdressers, we (laughs) we, we talk and hear every story, which is brilliant. You know what I mean? And I think as soon as you say it, like what what I was finding was every time I was telling people these stories and saying, you know, these complications afterwards and nobody's willing to talk about you know, constipation in pregnancy, which is like, it's yeah. most horribly soul-destroying thing during pregnancy and afterwards and all these kind of things. They're not like, you know, just when I'm talking about like, you know, itchy skin, like the the problems I had with my skin during pregnancy, loads of stuff. Um, and as soon as I kind of was saying to my friends, oh no, like this hap- this can happen. And you know, the amount of people saying to me, thanks for telling me that. So yeah. that's, that's a massive thing with Georgia as well. I found there wasn't um, you know, not people didn't tell me things before I had her and I was a bit kind of taken back. Like I was so, saying, I didn't have a notion afterwards. I remember sitting on the toilet crying because I couldn't poo and I was afraid my stitches would pop. And oh, Sean was I, like, what's wrong with you? I was like, I'm actually just <laughs> scared yeah. to take a poo. Yeah, and it's it's yeah. like, you know, it's, it's a basic bodily function. It's yeah. not this like, oh God, don't talk about it kind of like behind. Like Chris, like God bless poor Chris, the things that man has been forced to feel. <laughs> Um, but like I always say, one of the worst, the lowest moments, and I always say it's one of the lowest low moments was she was due to be fed and I was breastfeeding and he came up the stairs and he was like, Ali, you know, she has to be fed. And I like, he, he didn't, I didn't answer him. Like, and he thought there was something wrong and he opened the door and he said, I was just wailing. Like I was like roaring, crying, sitting on a toilet going, just give her a bottle. Like, you know that way. And I was like, get out, give her a bottle. And it was this really horrible moment where I remember just thinking to myself, why did no one tell me this? Like, why did yeah. the staff didn't tell me anything about it? The, they, they, they very vaguely, you know, they say, oh, take a glass of orange juice with that or yeah. something. And you're like, what the hell does that mean? Like, I don't even like orange juice. Like, I didn't, I, you know, I had no idea what they were talking about because it never come across before. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh yeah, did, did no one say that to you? Again, it was my sister. It was like, oh dear Jesus, like come here and let me let me help you. Like yeah. um she hadn't gone through it, so she kind of didn't think to war you know, didn't think to say, Oh god, yeah, actually this this I've heard this happening to people, you know, that way it's only when people have experienced they kind of feel like sharing it with you. 
like the other thing is now I'm annoyed at myself over this one because I give people this advice all the time, unsolicited advice. Just bloody well sit down and don't go anywhere for the first few days. Like yeah. now, don't get me wrong; it's the excitement of wanting to run out with your baby and show everyone and do all this. And like I totally get that side of things, but I'm like, go somewhere for half an hour. Don't go for the day. Like you just end up back in a hospital bed. Like yeah. So let's chat about your your boys. The big one. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, yeah, they were they were completely like again a completely different experience. But I was like, ah, oh, like. If someone asked me to go back and relive the lads' births or relive George's, I'd pick the lads 10 times over. Not the pregnancy, <laughs> but the actual birth. Like, I'm like, no, give me that any day. It was like, it was, you know, more high risk. It was te- definitely scarier walking into. Yeah. Um, and it was all these things, but I was like head in the game. I knew what I was doing, what was happening. I knew... Like I just, I had been prepped so well by the hospital. Like they're like, yeah. and it's so funny because these, all the resources are available to whether you've, you're having one baby or you're having 10. Um, so you can ask to speak to these people if you, if you want to. Obviously I was prepped in regards to like the NICU team because like, it was a hundred percent happening and stuff like that. But if you had any fears over or you had any past experience, you can ask to speak to, you know, okay. NICU staff and just like explain things. And there's now obviously the Sunny Hollistry I'm assuming all the hospitals are the same, but um, they were like, or the midwife will talk you through stuff. And you know, if you just like people get anxious and they might, there mightn't be a reason for it. And there might be, but like you're allowed to ask all these questions. Like there, it's not yeah. no big secret that only if you end up there, you're allowed no kind of thing, you know, yeah. it's, it's the information is there and all you have to do is ask and they'll, they'll give you whatever you want. Like, so um, I had meetings with, you know, like the physio department for when the boys were born with the NICU team, with multiple consultants, with um, the anesthetists, with like the amount of people that actually came and spoke to me beforehand or just introduced themselves to me. Um, now, obviously, um, I was emergency again, so on the day, no one knew who was going to be where or whatever. But I just had, I was, I was hospitalized. Um, I had two um, bleeds during my pregnancy at 27 weeks and at 28 weeks. And then my waters went uh, 30 weeks, 30 plus whatever weeks. And um, so I was like from the last point from I was in the hospital for two nights on each blade, um, which again is apparently very common in, in a lot of women. <laughs> Another thing I didn't know. Um, now I did know on multiples and stuff like that. It was, it was more common, but no matter what, okay. I had to, any, if I sneezed wrong, I had to go into Hollis Street to be checked. So uh, like, you know, it's another thing that I, I wish I, the very first one, when I actually had the big bleed, I was in Hollistry. I had literally gone in for my second steroid injection and I was walking out of the section where I'd had it. And I was like, oh no, something's not right. Like, so I was very lucky. But another thing going forward, you know, when they explained it all to me and the amount of reasons and stuff like that, it was very reassuring. So the yeah. following week when I had the next bleed, like I was at home and I remember thinking, oh, for Christ's sake, I can't believe I had to go in here. There was no panic in me. There was no worry there was it was literally like oh get Georgia in the car we'll drive her over to my mom's you know we'll, we'll yeah. go in stuff like that so like things like that like the difference in a week of just being given this information and then all of a sudden you went from absolute panic stations to can we stop on the way and get a bottle of water <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know it's absolute um mental I'm just yeah <laughs> it's it, I, I still laugh to this day when you you know when I think back and I realize kind of 
the difference in me in, in that kind of bit of information. But we met with, um, when I was in hospital and my waters broke. So for the two blades, the team came up to me and stuff like that just to reassure me of what was going on. They spoke with me through all the different types of breathing apparatus that the boys might have and that they might or mightn't have. I was talked through how many people were going to be in the theater with me when they were born. I was talked through like where, like, you know, what was going to happen with me afterwards, what was going to happen with them afterwards. And, you know, if I had an emergency, what was going to happen? If I had, if it was planned, what was going to happen? You know, like if I got to my church four weeks and it was like, I knew every eventuality I knew, like I was very lucky again, that I got to know all the staff. So like I was in New Great Hollow Street. So, you know, I was asking people how their kids were at the end of it. And, you know, we were talking about Netflix shows, you know, I, I got to know all these people. So I was surrounded by people that I knew and I trusted even yeah. over a short period of time. So I was very lucky and I will use that word a hundred times <laughs> during this podcast. Um, and it just so happened as well that when the boys were, that one of the midwives who was on unit three in Hollow Street, um, she was a bridesmaid at a wedding I had done. I'd done her hair about two years beforehand. Oh, cool. And um, so when I walked in, it was actually one of the nights I had the bl- I had one of the blades, uh, the second one, when I was walking down the corridor. Like I always say, it was like this real funny thing, you know, where you walked down the corridor and it was dark. It was after, it was got in the middle of the morning and um, she had opened the door to the four-bed ward. So the light was shining just in on her <laughs> face. And you know, when you recognize someone's face and I was like, oh my God, hello. Like, you know, it was just this lovely moment. Um, and I always just thought it was really funny because I was like, oh God, what, like, what a lovely sight when you're, yeah. you know, in your face kind of thing. So um, I was very lucky. And the morning I went into labor, she was the midwife that was on that I went down and just saw her and was like, Rebecca, I'm having a few pains. Is there any chance to come down to me? So again, I was just really, it kind of nearly felt, felt like, oh, felt yeah. like um, so with the lads, I my waters broke on the Wednesday night um, at about midnight. And again, <laughs> If your waters have ever started to leak as opposed to break, you just think you might be wetting yourself. <laughs> so I got out of the bed and I was like, do I have to call a hospital or like, do I, like, what, what's going on here? You know, that way, because obviously I'd never, my waters had only been broken for me in the hospital. I, I knew nothing like, so I had to wait, Chris. I was like, well, George in the car. I think we have to go into hospital. So um, yeah, Lenny, triple one had broken. Had, my water started to leak and go on him. Um, and were they all they weren't in the one were they in the one sack so they're oh god I always forget the, the technical names um, Bruce was completely separate he had his own placenta okay. and then the lads were they're identical but they both had there was like a division between they'd like two chambers basically but the one placenta okay there is a very technical monodio something twin, <laughs> twin and this pregnancy was natural wasn't it yeah, just yeah, okay, as yeah. I always say, just a, a normal ride. <laughs> a normal ride. <laughs> yeah. I, I always laugh because I always, you know, it's it's normally like, um, you know, women when I go out, and I always say, if you're brave enough to ask the question, you have to be brave enough <laughs> to answer. An answer. So, uh, yeah. I get very laugh. Even my dad, every time my dad for some odd reason always seems to be with me when someone asks, and I'm like, ah, just a normal ride. <laughs> Sake, you know? I'm like sorry dad but uh he just finds it real funny because like, I can't believe people ask you that I'm like it's just it's novelty you know it's like, yeah it's not, yeah it's not a thing I always say to people if you want to know the the correct way to ask you always say were they spontaneous okay it's not like because if you say were they natural it makes something unnatural for a couple oh, of sure. that's a good point yeah, yeah. 
So it always, that's one thing I learned. That was um, an IVF mom. They used to ask you that in the hospital. Is it spontaneous? And I'd be like, yeah, yeah, it's spontaneous. But an IVF mom was like, it's a nicer way to ask because, you know, they're all natural. They're just yeah. one spontaneous and one thing. I'm like, ah, so see, I was learning stuff through all this myself. Yeah. Um, and so my how, did you, how did yourself and Chris feel when you saw that scan? Oh, <laughs> so we went in, I had had a miscarriage in the November. So we went in for an early scan and this time around, so I found I was pregnant at the end of January. So we went in for an eight-week scan. And at the eight-week scan, they told us it was twins. So they could see the two little sacs too early to actually properly get a look. So they were like, look, it's it's twins. Like, there's definitely two. And my sister has non-identical twins as well. So it's hereditary and on the female line. So uh, I just thought, and again, we were laughing because I always said, I'd love to have three kids, but I'm not getting pregnant more than twice. Like, yeah. So I was, I thought it was the funniest thing ever. I was like, score, this is like sold, <laughs> like done, delighted. Um, and it was lovely, obviously, after the miscarriage in November that, yeah. you know, it was, it was this kind of lovely thing that it was supposed to happen and all this kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, it was a bit of a shock. And then we hadn't even, I hadn't told anyone I was pregnant or anything like that. So we only went home after that scan and told everyone. So we were telling them like, I'm pregnant and it's twins. So obviously everyone was delighted. Um, but then when we went in, so we went in for the 12 week scan. Um, and yeah, my consultant, so my consultant has delivered or like he's been the consultant for all of my mom's eight grandkids. My sister's consultant, that's why I went to him. Like, and uh, so it's really nice, we're familiar, and he's just a lovely man. Um, so yeah, he put the scanner on, but Chris was over because, like, you know, he was like second scan, whatever. He was like <laughs> sending an email over at the desk, like, and uh, he put the scanner on or whatever. and do you ever just know by someone's face immediately? Like I knew there was nothing wrong, but I knew there was something wrong at the same time. I was like, what is going on? Like his jaw literally was like, like, you know, <laughs> hanging. And I was like, and I kind of looked at the screen and I was like, I'm counting three, but like, I'm no medical expert here. <laughs> like I'm, I like, you know, I must be mad. Like, so, you know, I was like, um, everything Okay. And he just kind of started laughing. I just went, there's three, isn't there? Like, and he was like, yeah, it's true. I think Chris's email went like, yeah, da, 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 da. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, like, you know, that way. And of course, like the first thing we could do was make jokes about it. Like, what else? Yeah. Do you, like, whoever gets told they're having triplets. Like, so uh, I just couldn't stop laughing. I honest to God, I always say it was probably like the funniest joke anyone's ever told me. Like, <laughs> um, And like, we'd been laughing because when we were friend, it was twins. I drove like this gorgeous little nippy, Chris the Volkswagen car salesman. I had this gorgeous little zippy white golf that I loved. Um, and yeah, straight away I was like, well, that's the car gone. <laughs> like, yeah. There's no expense. We can keep the car. We'll, you know, fit everything around. We'll, you know, we'll manage, you know, that way when we thought it was twins. And literally the first thing was, yeah, no, Chris, we changed the car. <laughs> the first thing I said, like, I was like, I don't know what else to say. Like, I'm trying to make a joke of it, but oh, yeah. yeah. It was probably the quietest waiting because they have to send you into the fetal assessment unit then to just check what type of triplets they are and obviously make sure everything's okay because um, it's a more detailed scan. So they sent us over like, and as soon as we got over there, they were like, you're the girl having the triplets. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, I was like, oh my God, like did someone <laughs> say that to me? Like, I was like, oh my God. So uh, we had to wait or whatever, but God, like I always remember saying it was very funny because Chris, like I'm, I'm just one of those people that like anything awkward, anything remotely uncomfortable or you know you don't like when you don't know what to say I just laugh and make jokes it's just 
I've always done it I can't help it so I'm there like trying to make jokes and going is this mad and like I think Chris was like well you should have talked to me <laughs> he was trying to like process it all through like I'd say we, I was laughing I'd say turn into rain man trying to calculate how the hell we are going to afford <laughs> three babies yeah. like, you know that way so um I think that's straight where his head kind of kind of went to like and yeah like neither of us are is mad because neither of us were kind of worried in that regard we were just like you know my consultant wasn't worried so I was like oh everything's gonna be fine like I just assumed so um I think yeah Chris as I said just turned into rain man and I was like isn't this gas <laughs> to anyone who'd listen to me I was like guess what <laughs> <laughs> yeah they'll send it out the like ringing everyone um when we went home and send it out the text messages like I had to send out the report to my best friends like into our whatsapp group I didn't I believe like, you yeah I was like they're not gonna believe me like who would believe this I sent in the pictures and the report, but I didn't say it, and I literally just sent them in. So it says like triplet one, triplet two, or baby one, baby two, baby three. And bit by bit, my phone just started lighting up, you know, as in like the girls were trying to ring me because they were like, is this, did I read this? Like, is this? And of course, we all have that one friend who skims it. And just said, oh, lovely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, come on, now read that properly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, that, like, I do, I always say, I wish I'd actually recorded people's reactions. Like, if we were, because obviously we were, like, so, like, what, what's going on? Whoever rings you. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah. And we were laughing. We had to run home, and I had gotten two little baby girls printed that said Double Trouble. And I had this lovely photo with Georgia holding them. And I was like, <laughs> with my sister, my sister and I was like, quickly, someone get me a pen. Because <laughs> you know, you have this lovely idea, like when we go home, we'll put this up and like be nice and whatever. But uh, yeah, all of a sudden I was like, I'm not, I don't know what to do. Like, So that's, it was grand. I had loads of other things that kind of caught my focus as opposed to worrying in the first while. So uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, it was like, I still, it's one, one thing I would have loved to do is go back and, and recorded people's reactions to it because yeah, they were just, they're some of the best memories. Let's get into then your, your labor. Oh yeah. So the morning, so my waters went on the Wednesday evening. So they started leaking and I went into Hollis Street. So I was told that I had to stay in the hospital. So that was the Wednesday evening. So they just monitor you and there was not like a niggling pain. There wasn't, you know, a toothache. There was nothing wrong with me. Like I was literally just my waters had went that was it like so they had me monitored and whatever and they said to me you're staying in Hollis Street now until they're delivered so they were due to be delivered on the 21st of August at first four weeks and um, so I was kind of like right here I am <laughs> nicest weather in Dublin all year but yeah I can't <laughs> stay in here like um and at that stage because of the size and the waters and all I wasn't allowed to even go for a walk in the park around like that so I was like, oh God, this is going to be a long three weeks, you know, that way. And I'd heard everyone else's stories and I was like, oh God. Um, but yeah, there, little Lenny to mommy's rescue <laughs> on a Friday morning, my consultant had come in and he had literally said to me, um, I'm going, you know, I'm, I have to head over here to go over to the rotunda for some, for something he was doing that morning. And he said, how are you feeling? Like, how's you know, any pains, any aches, anything. And the NICU staff are always ringing him saying, because when they hear they have a multiple triplet mom around like that up in the wards, they're ringing to say, any, you're delivering her today, any sign or whatever. And he was like, no, she's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> no niggles, nothing. I was up early that morning because the breakfast comes in at eight and I said, I'll have me shower and all before my breakfast gets to the, the bed. I was so ahead of myself. So um, he left at about half seven and I went in to have me shower. And when I was in the shower, I was like, Hmm. it feels a bit 
odd like you know that way it was a pain but you're like you know when, when someone's talking about stuff I was like maybe I'm just like any little flutter around I was like so um yeah about about two more in and I was like no no I know that pain I was like I remember that pain <laughs> I was like I remember it well um but of course me being me instead of pulling the tug which I would recommend any other woman to do if she goes into labor in the showers. Um, instead of pulling for a nurse to come help me, I politely finished my shower, <laughs> getting full contractions, um, walked back into my ward, put all my stuff away, and then walked down to the ward. Now, I mean full. These weren't like little pains where I was like, oh God, I was like, these are really bad. Like, um, But again, walked down the end, there's my little angel, Rebecca, at the end. I was like... And I just I keep laughing at myself, you know, when you think back on something, I'm like, Rebecca, if you have a minute, <laughs> anytime soon, if you just pop down to me, I'm having a few pains. Like, and she was like, go back down to the bed there. Don't, you know, and she was laughing. She sent me after. She was like, just pop it back down. I'll be down in a second. Don't be worrying. Like, and she said that because I never complained about pains or anything like that, she was like, you know, went to the nurse and she was like, Ali's getting pains. Like, <laughs> she's yeah. not like, like, she's getting pains. Like, you know, just kind of keep an eye out or whatever. So I think they were saying they were just kind of ringing saying this is this might be happening. So I went back in and she checked me. She just kind of held my belly and was like, yeah, you know, and she checked me. And I think it was five past eight that morning by the time polite old little me, me breakfast and all was at the end of the bed, <laughs> got back in. And she was like, yeah, no, you're you're in labor. Like, you know, that way you're you're definitely in labor. And she was like, I'm just going to press the button. She's like, you know what's going to happen. The room's going to fill up like. And there was a woman in the bed beside me who had just been called for her section. <laughs> and they told her to get back into the... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Bed, I remember the guilt <laughs> that I had for that. I was like, I'm so sorry. Um, they told her to get back in the bed. So very quickly you're realizing this, because I didn't, that was the thing I didn't expect. I didn't expect it to happen as quickly as it did. So like that was five past eight. So I said, Can I, do I ring Chris like to come in? And she was like, yeah, no, yeah, ring Chris. So I rang him. I was like, hi, yeah, I'm having a few pains. I'm in labor. You're going to have to get into the hospital. Da, 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 da. You know, d- labor lasts for ages. So I just didn't think anything of it. Like, um, And then this is probably the only part I was not prepared for was like kind of how quick once you go into labor, they were going to, to section you. Um, so they kind of took everything. And of course, me being me again, my dad, I had my dad's iPad. And I was like, but I, but I, can I put the iPads over? <laughs> I was petrified I'd lose my dad's iPad. Um, and then the room, so the room started filling up. So there was the, all the midwives on the, the ward, some of the head ones, some of the things, all the girls I knew that would be coming in. There was the anesthetist um, was in my consultant. They couldn't get, he had just left the hospital. <laughs> so they were trying to get him. So I knew another consultant was on standby. I knew him. So he was in and, people were kind of talking to me. And at the time I was getting really bad contractions. And you know, when you just can't answer, I was signing pieces of paper. I was drinking something. I had a nurse on one arm putting in the cannula, a nurse on another doing something else. I, and I remember I was just in a nightdress and like, I do you ever just remember where I was just like, just take it off me. Like I was like, just, you know, just, I, I had no shame, nothing. I was like, because they were trying to kind of, and the nurse, of course, being lovely, were trying to keep me, like, you know, be as modest as possible. And I was like, I don't care. Just do what you need to do. I was like, I, I literally do not care. Um, so at that stage, I think I was like stripped and put in the gowns and whatever. And it was, <laughs> I always laugh again, me and my little comedy moment sketches. They put me in the wheelchair and they brought me out with the ward. And then some, there was some conversation happened and they turned me around and brought me back into the ward. And they were like, there's a bit of confusion, Ali do you want to have these babies naturally or are you having a section? And I was like, Stop. what? what? And I was like, uh, no, 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 fully signed up for the surgery. What's going on? And there was, whatever happened is my consultant had said, I'm not going to section her unless like, you know, to whatever with the NICU communication with NICU teams for that. It was, I'm, you know, we're not, she's going naturally as in, I'm not sectioner before the 21st of August. Yeah, unless okay. She goes into labor herself. So, it was just a minute where it was kind of thing. And I was like, oh, and then, you know, back in the wheelchair and we out again. Like, so um, at this stage, I, one of the nurses, Rebecca had said to me, I have your phone. Like, you know, that way I have your phone. I have everything. I'm, I'm coming up with you. So the girls from downstairs, one of them came up with me and had my phone and had everything. And we're like switching everything over. And Chris had rang in this time because they'd gone up the stairs and I'd gone up in the lift. And he, I think it was half eight at this stage. And one of the girls like, where are you? And he was like, Ali? <laughs> and she was like, no, no, this is such and such. Like, where are you? And he was like, I'm just in the Tala bypass. And she said, yeah, you're not going to make it. You know, she was like, you're not going to make it in. She was like, just get in here. You know, that way she was like, she's, yeah. she's in theater. Like, that's going to happen. And he but was did like, Did you know oh, that at this stage? No, I didn't know no, any of this okay. going on. Like, and I didn't know how quick this was going to happen. Like, I was kind of going, where's Chris? <laughs> like, you know, is he, has someone been in contact with him? <laughs> um, and again, the pains were getting really bad. Like, and I knew, you know, when you're like, you start to feel the pressure you start to feel all this and I was like there's a baby coming like I'm 
like I wanted to push that's the only feeling okay. I had like, so they'd gotten me on the table and if you've ever seen um, the table for a section it looks like a little mini a really skinny crucifix <laughs> it's the only way I can describe it like it's a really skinny metal crucifix and I remember thinking how am I going to go on this <laughs> you know I was like they do know the size of me like so they got me on the bed or whatever and they were having a conversation and I always just remember they're having a conversation as to whether I was going to have to deliver the first baby and then have a section or whether like you know what story is and the anesthetist to be fair I always laugh because I always said he was he was like this summer bay looking fella you know that way <laughs> like he yeah. just had this kind of real cool look to him and I like he was like right grand I've got it you know that way he was like nearly like get out of my way I've got this like and uh, he got yeah he got this final and like first go I remember like they were literally holding my knees to my my chin I was like as still as I could get you know that way and like <laughs> to just say I'm always just still impressed by the strength of the nurses <laughs> being able to do that um and he got he got spinal and force go done and thank god because like I genuinely was like I need to push like that's the only feeling I have like I was like and I know I have to like so There's I thought you can do about that feeling either. It's, yeah, you know, that way I was like, this control. is going to happen. Like, I was like, yeah. something is coming out of me at this point. I you know, that way I was like, <laughs> that panic moment where you're like, yeah. like, it's all happening. And again, it just, I felt like I went from zero to, well, I did, I went from zero to 100 in straight away. Like, it was, it was bizarre how quick it went. And um, because again, as I said, on Georgia, it was a long, <laughs> drawn out process. So that's what I'd associate labor with. Um, and then I remember I had, cause like Chris still wasn't there and I just had this lovely, and she was, um, <laughs> she was so African and she just like wheeled on this little chair over to me and she was like, hello, I'm your birthing partner for today. She was like, so we've never had a fight. She was like, we have a lovely relationship and <laughs> she was brilliant. Did you ever just have someone that straight away you're just like, you are so good at your job because you're, yeah, she yeah. was just here to distract me from everything and anything. And I remember my arm, I kept getting pains in my arm and something had burst, like, you know, the thing had burst in one of my arms and there was just stuff going on still that I was trying to calm down, but I was like, oh God. Um, and then, yeah, she just kind of wheeled in and all of a sudden you're like, oh, hello. And they kind of laid me down. And I remember there was another midwife. And do you ever have just one of those things that's always, no matter how, no matter what, it will stick in my head forever. And I remember I realized that they were about to section me and Chris wasn't there. And I was like, okay, Chris isn't here. Like, and then the panic of, are the babies going to be okay? Because too much was going on to even think about that. And all of a sudden that fear and that panic of, is everything going to be okay? Kind of came into me. And uh, I always get real emotional talking about it. I don't know what it is. Um, I started, I lay down, I started crying. I started just like uncontrollably crying, but I was like not making a sound, you know, and you can just feel mm-hmm. tears falling. And the midwife just stood behind me with a tissue and just wiped my tears, said nothing, just literally stood there. And I remember just thinking, God, you're so good at your job. Like I was like, and she was, you know, just stood there and the other, the other midwife and I, there were so many names that day. It always drives me mad because I remember their names in the beginning and bit by bit, I can't. And I'm always like, I'm raging because I would love to like, you know, just like go in and be like, does that girl actually realize the little things that they do make such an impact on people's yeah. lives? That one always gets me. I just remember thinking what a lovely, kind thing to do. And then, um, yeah, the midwife, the, the other girl was there beside me and she had my phone. She was like, I'm going to take pictures. You know, I'm going to, like, because I didn't ask for pictures to be taken or anything like that. She was like, but dad's not here, so we're going to make sure he's here when he he knows what's going on. I'm laughing, like, Chris is the most squeamish man going. So I was like, eh, I think you're all right, but like, go on anyway. Like, um, 
but she just started chatting to me about the weather in Dublin. She doubt the weekend with her friends, like what I drank, like anything and everything that was not got to do with what was going on. Like, sorry. And um, yeah, she was brilliant. Like, and like, that's why one thing I do always say now with, with COVID and that going on when people are obviously worried about obviously their partners not being yeah. in and stuff like that. I'm like, give those midwives, it's not fair on you, but give them the absolute credit because you'll never be alone. Like you're never alone walking into a maternity hospital. I'm like, they're just like walking angels. I'm telling you, I couldn't have nicer things to say about them. Like, um, and then, yeah, obviously they started the section, which women always get like so many people had given me like how a section was going to feel and how, you know, it was uncomfortable. I was pressure over, you know, I was really scared and I was all these things like, like the actual, again, once you're actually in that moment, the, the, the worry of what's happening to you goes away and it's just the worry of everything else. Like, um, but I remember, I always remember saying to the girl and um, the midwife beside me, I was like, this is lovely. <laughs> it's like, I feel like a weight has been taken off because obviously this months of pressure, like I was having three babies, placentas, everything taken out of me. So honestly, it felt like my rib cage was getting lighter every time they moved, like they got rid of a, like got rid of a baby as I thought, like they like lifted a baby. I was like, yeah. oh, well, it felt like I was sinking into it kind of thing. It was, it was like not a section, the actual experience of having a section, having a spinal, having all that was not in any way scary or painful or it wasn't uncomfortable. It was like, you know what I mean? There was, if I was to ever say to someone like about it, I'd be like, don't worry, walking into a section. I'm like, yeah. you'll the actual section part and all that. I was like, it's fine. <laughs> like, you're fine. I was like, they, they drug you up at the back. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so that part of it was lovely. And then the, the midwife again, that was sitting with me, um, had said to me, have you got names for them? Like, and we'd only named Ted. Ted was the only one we knew. Triplet two was going to be Ted. Um, after Chris's granddad. And I loved the name Bruce and it was a running joke the whole way through the pregnancy and I was like ah go on like Bruce and he was like no no you know it's stubborn or whatever and the midwife just turned to me and just went and I said I love Bruce I said but he doesn't like it and she just went is he here <laughs> I was like, well no he's not here and she was like well I think Bruce is lovely too and I was like so I was like she was like Bruce triplet well our triplet tree is Bruce like we knew the singleton is who I wanted to name Bruce like so she just kind of you know, basically made sure after everything that happened, she was like, no, you're getting a name. She's just what you needed, isn't she? And she was absolutely yeah. brilliant, you know, that way. And when the, again, just so good at her job, like, and, it, and like above and beyond her job, but like brilliant at her job. Like, and um, yeah, then Chris came in. So they were born at five to nine. Two lads are born at five to nine and Bruce is born at a minute to nine, or at four minutes to nine. <laughs> So by by a whole minute, he's going to be the youngest forever. Like, um, so Chris came in then, like again, like he was like throwing a car downstairs and running in, and we didn't know where to go. Ran into the ward. The girls were dressing him, bringing him up the stairs. Like the way he tells it, you'd like he'd have you in hysterics. He was like, and then I'm just throwing through these doors. <laughs> there you are. <laughs> oh, God. So um, he came in, and again, the midwife was you know introducing herself and everything like that, and uh. He sat down and he said, he literally sat down and was like, you okay? He's <laughs> like, yeah, like, are the boys okay? Like, are they okay? Like, that's all I kept saying is, are they okay? Are they okay? And um, he got, like, he had, he had actually met Lenny when he got out with the lift. They were putting Lenny into the lift and they said, this is your son, like. Oh my God. But he said he was so, like, you know, when he came in, he was like, 
Like, you know, we yeah. kind of forgot him was, he was like, where's the third one? <laughs> he was like, oh, I met the third one. It's okay. <laughs> so, um, but like, he always laughs. He always says when the midwife, the midwife brought him over to the other two lads while they were just um, working on them. And he just went, and these, this is Ted, because we didn't have a name for Lenny, but he said, this is Ted, this is your son, Ted. Like, and she went, and this is Bruce. <laughs> he, he said, he just went, <laughs> you know, hung his head and just went, she's won. Like, you know, that he's like, yeah. she's literally like her body is like cut in two on, on a bed right now. He's like, I can't argue her. <laughs> like, I can't yeah. argue her. I like, surrendered. <laughs> I like, you, you, I've got this one. Like, so, um, yeah, no, he was grand. And then again, just, are they okay? That's, that's all. You, yeah. That's all I said for the first 20 minutes. Like, and I was so relieved because when they were born, I don't I remember all these bits after, um, they, I'd been warned that they mightn't cry. So that like any mother is going to worry about that, regardless of whether it's a known factor or not. Of well, like a bag of cats, the three of them came out. I was, mm. it was the best relief ever. Like, and even though I knew it's okay if they don't, like again, everything had been prepped and everything. I knew what was like, even when they were wheeling them, they brought them all over to. They brought all three of them over to me one at a time before they left. Like they didn't just whip them off. Like which yeah. I, I kind of said, if you, if they have a second, can they can they just show them to me in other way so I know they're real kind of thing? Yeah, uh, now, I'm laughing. They could have brought the same baby over three times. <laughs> <laughs> but um they, but they did like and you know they had all like the CPAP on which is one of the breeding tubes which is the the least like you know it's it's not an invasive one around like that it's mm-hmm. just like a little mask on them and um, which again I wasn't just, like I wasn't afraid when I saw them or wasn't worried seeing them work on it and like I think in the room in total on the day there was near, there was 30 something there was like a massive amount of people in the room like and like you know when you just think back you're like oh my god and the amount of people that afterwards were coming up to me and saying I was there for the boys delivery but obviously in the theater they all have masks so all you see is their eyes like they have the little hats yeah. and the masks on and the amount of people that were there to me oh I was I was in the boys delivery like down the Nikki I was in the boys delivery I was in the boys and I was like oh my god I'm so sorry like I was like I didn't say thanks to any of you you know that way and they were like it's you were kind of busy don't worry like but uh it, it like the actual volume of people you don't even feel them like you, you just feel those kind of two people and the yeah. doctor and only afterwards and everyone kind of was coming up and saying oh I was like Lenny's I was you know on Lenny's team when he was coming down I was on Ted's I was on Bruce's and you're just like how are that many people up there <laughs> like, you know, I'm like was it that big a room like was it it didn't feel crowded it didn't it wasn't scary it wasn't like like I always say, no matter, like I had the boys alone, technically speaking, as in my partner wasn't there. And I'm like, there was not a moment yeah. in that room I was on my own. I was like, yeah, that's a good point, you know what yeah. I mean? I'm like, I had an army beside me to, whether you have one person already, you have, you have 40 in the room. Like, you know, that way I'm like any midwife doctor at, and you're, you're not on your own giving birth at any stage. I'm like, they're little, I just like Hollow Street. I'm, it, it probably took me a full year to be able to properly tell that, you know, to, get that all out without being a blubber a mess but um they were unbelievable like I just even to this day like the the urgency and the and what should have been a really traumatic experience in regards to or what could have been a really traumatic experience and as a mother like I obviously had never had triplets before I'd never had a section before and especially an emergency one I'd never gone into labor that quickly like all these things that I technically never knew or didn't know anything about like hadn't experienced myself and I was like calm as a, like, you know as calm and collected as I came because I had everything explained to me I knew that this was happening why it was happening 
you know, I knew that the people that were in the room with me, I trusted them, even though I'd never met half of them. A, a lot of them I had met just by, you know, for the fact of us having the triplets. And yeah, like I, I would never look back on the lad's birth and say, because it was when we went into visit afterwards when we were actually bringing Lenny home, I went back up to unit three and I just had a little present for some of the girls. And um, I was dropping it in and they said, and how are you? Like after the birth, like that was fairly traumatic. And it was them who had used the word, not me, you know, that way. And I was saying, was it? <laughs> like, because when you're retelling a story, you kind of think, am I making this more, you know, not yourself for effect? Yeah. Am I making this more dramatic than it, than it was? Or am I, there was no one else there to kind of ask the questions afterwards. Did Like, what was that like? Or, you know, whereas Chris could kind of relate stuff about George's birth yeah. when, you're, when you're not thinking of it. And um, when she said it to me, I was like, no, like was it traumatic like I was like was that a traumatic birth like and she was like yeah no Ali that was that was pretty up there like with you know most people would find that pretty overwhelming and I was just like but it wasn't down to me like I always say this I'm like it wasn't down to oh god I just breezed through that it was as I say like a massive team and a massive amount of information and time and effort went into making sure I wasn't panicking or I wasn't any of these things so again the word lucky is <laughs> thrown out there again but it was it was like I was very lucky in that regard and it's kind of who was there what I knew and again if I hadn't had Georgia I don't think I would have been I think I would look back on it now and think oh that was that was pretty hard and that was pretty traumatic but as I say if you ask me to do them again I'd pick the boys every time you said uh, um that you felt relief as each baby was being taken out but you think you felt relief that you were finally at the stage where this because this would have been built up in your head maybe for so long that you'd say okay we're here now yeah like it was strange when I always say um after I had them I had this massive thing of guilt and I had like I had a massive thing of relief and then I had a massive thing of guilt so um obviously I was really, I felt guilty because they're only 31 weeks you know you're thinking I want to get into at least 34 you know that way and they're they have a better chance and there's less complications and they're not going to spend as long as NICU and all these things you know are the possibilities but uh so I did I I I really bad like guilt afterwards because I just when you walk down and again the other thing no matter how prepared you were walking in seeing you know three pound four pound (laughs) little babies with you know masks on their face even though I knew what they were going to have on I knew what they were for I knew they weren't invasive um it, it nothing will prepare you for it you'll, you'll you know it'll knock your socks every time because and it'll knock the wind out of you because you're looking at them going like I couldn't hold on there like I couldn't do this for any longer and it's my body that let me down in that regard that's how I felt like so it was it was a really like the first after having the lads it was it, like you know up, up until I got them home I think the guilt was through the roof and it was it's not my, like you know now I know it's not my fault you know what I mean it's you can only do what you can do. Like, but you're thinking, yeah. God, if I ate better, if I had just listened when people told me to stop, if I had just, you know, because I, I can be a bit of a stubborn cow when it comes to someone telling me not to do something. I'm like, I will go run that marathon. <laughs> Pregnant with triplets. Um, so, you know, you do have the thing of, God, like what if I had, the what ifs basically, you know, yeah. I should or shouldn't have done that or maybe I shouldn't have done this. And like um, it was when Ted got really sick after we had had them. He ended up um, his lung air was escaping from his lungs. It happened twice, so he had to be intubated. He put on morphine and he had a chest strain in, and like he was the biggest of the three, so he was the one naturally you'd you'd assume would have least issues. Like, um, so he got sick, um, and I remember, geez, like I remember Doctor Talents one day. He's like, we we don't know what's we don't know what's going to happen next, basically, like. 
And I remember just like Chris Italia, <laughs> God bless him. I think I cried from the second. I never cried in the NICU. Never. Like, I don't know what, what was in me when someone's giving me information. I'm taking it in and I'm like, hard face, stern cow, bring it. Like, you know, I, did, I, never, I think I never wanted them to think they couldn't tell me everything. And I think if you just burst out crying every time, I didn't want them to feel like, God, don't say it to her. Like, or yeah. I don't know. The, the logic is not there. Like, but uh, so like literally my, my foot would hit the step outside Hollis Street. And I think I cried. He says, I cried from the second I left Hollis Street. We had to go collect Georgia. We promised her we'd bring her to the cinema. And I remember the nurse saying to me, go home and bring your daughter to the cinema. We will bring you. Like, you know, that way she's like, there's nothing's going to happen. Like nothing's happening here tonight. Go home. You know? And I was like, the guilt of will I leave the hospital? Will I stay in the hospital? I promised Georgia I'd do this and we really promised her, you know, that way. Um <laughs> like we laugh. I'd say if anyone saw me, we went to the cinema to see Toy Story 4 and I literally sobbed <laughs> from the start of the film. <laughs> like from the whole time and went, you know, had to go collect Georgia for me mams, couldn't get out of the car. Like the guilt after having them was was extreme. Like and then again when he was sick, I was saying that's my fault because, you know, I couldn't you know, hold them in any longer, basically. And yeah, it was, it was a very, after having them, like the mom guilt and the, mm. you know, anyone who has a premature baby kind of, that I spoke to kind of says the same. That's this thing when you're looking at them and you're saying like, I was given out about being uncomfortable and look at them, you know, that way. And you're saying like, yeah. it's my fault because I didn't, I wanted it to be over. So you have the relief that it's over for you, but all of a sudden you're going, well, I'm just after putting it on them. That's the yeah. way it feels. Now, it is 100% <laughs> not the case. Like, you know, that way it's not, it wasn't my fault. It, there's nothing you could do or say or at and about it, um, regardless of whether I at last for the nine months and sat in the bed. <laughs> like, it was, it was, that was it, like, you know. Um, but yeah, that was the one side of it. And then, like, after having the lads, the, the body was the opposite issue. It was, you literally have major surgery, <laughs> get hit with a truck, and then it's, oh, you need to feed. <laughs> you need to sit in a NICU for 12 hours. You need to go home and mind your four-year-old. You need to, like, again, I was so, I was really prepared for it. I knew what was going, like, I knew that there was this massive recovery afterwards, and as well, we're having a section as opposed to, like, a vaginal birth. You know what I mean, I knew there was this other end of it that you have to heal from surgery on top of healing from giving birth, on top of, you know, having to do all this. So it, yeah, it was, I bought, again, I was so prepared. I knew what was ahead of me that wasn't going to be easy. So I think I was more kind of gung ho to be like, right, the first few days, take it easy. And then, you know, what you have to do, you know, when you have to step back and say, I can't like, you know, I took a day off going into the NICU, which a lot of moms don't. Um, <laughs> I would highly recommend it. <laughs> like, nothing, nothing happens in that 24 hours. Like when they were all a bit bigger, I was like, I'm not going in today. I'm staying at home. I'm staying in bed. I took a day off pumping because I was exhausted and you know I knew again if I hadn't had Georgia I wouldn't have Georgia, I wouldn't yeah. like, no, no 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 I'm doing this all like you know whereas I haven't Georgia I was like I can only do so much and I'm of no use to anyone if I hit the deck like like I always say after after you have a baby you feel like you're doing too much and not enough all at one time absolutely yeah <laughs> it's the best way to describe it I'm like you literally feel like if you do one more thing you're going to fall over but you're just never doing enough like and again, completely, like, there's no logic to it. Like, it's, you know, you're doing too much, but the feeling of not doing enough is always there. Like, so, um, yeah. How long were they in NICU for? They were in NICU for five weeks in total. Bruce got home five weeks to the day and then 
Ted was five weeks and three days, or Lenny was five weeks, three days, Ted was five weeks, four days. So they came home quite close, kind of together. That was, thank God, because that was nearly the most awkward part because someone had to be home when the baby, someone had to be in the NICU with the boys. Yeah, actually. You know, and then you've Georgia and all the, like, trying to get a lift in and out. And I still couldn't drive at that stage. I couldn't drive for, like, a minimum of six weeks. So I was relying on people to drop me in every day. Like, my dad, I only said to my dad afterwards, because as well, when I was at the end of the pregnancy, my dad was a bloody rock star. Um, he drove me in now every day. And, like, he dropped me into Hollistry, came home. He'd get my mom, and him would come in again. So, you know, he'd drop me in, drive home, drop my mom in, drive. Like, he was doing Hollistry at least back and forth twice a day, you know, that way. Yeah minimum because he's coming and get me sometimes and then Chris because he wasn't taking his maternity or his paternity or his um, time off until the lads were home he was driving to work he worked from Dean's Grange so he's driving to work in the morning he was dropping the milk in before he went to work so I didn't have to go in like to crack it on yeah. and then he was going to work and then he was driving back to Hollistry and the now we could stay we could stay as long as we wanted but we always said then um, the parents like the grandparents would come in and their visiting time was half five to half seven. So at half seven, we always left, like, because the doctors would do their rounds then. So we didn't hang around for the hour. We always left. So he would literally finish work at six. Hightail it back up to Hollis Street. So we'd have the hour there, like, and then he'd drive me home every night. So we kind of had this really well put together thing. And then on his day off, he'd, the two of us would just go in for the day or he'd go in and then on my dad would drop me in again. But yeah, we, we always say we would, we would have loved to have counted how many times my dad, like my poor dad, I remember, <laughs> I remember we were sitting in traffic on the canal and I have two breast pumps attached to me, you know, the hacker ones, yeah. like on the canal. And he's like, he, like, he, he wouldn't even flinch. Like he's like, yeah, grand, whatever. Like, and he's like, I think you might cause a car crash. He's like, if one more person walks <laughs> in this window, like, you know, that way. and I was just like, dad, I don't, you know, I was like, I don't care. Like, and Chris's mom, like, like all of them, all the grandparents, to be fair, my friends, like whoever could give me a lift gave me a lift like you know that way there was never a my dad was just retired at the time like he was retired so he was okay in and out like and my mom hadn't retired oh no no my mom hadn't retired she retired in December so um like he'd be dropping her to work coming collecting me doing what like the the uns, unsung hero <laughs> yeah. of this all I think is my my poor father going back and forth even the day I was in Hollis Street with the injections and I had the massive blade it was my dad with me in the waiting room like with Georgia as well, like, you know, that way. And the poor man, <laughs> Jackie and another girl have had triplets at the same time as me in Hollis Street. was come from Donegal. She was airlisted from Donegal and then the babies are in NICU. And <laughs> Jackie, Jackie's incredible, actually, if you've someone to follow on Instagram, she's triplet man plus seven. She has 10 kids <laughs> and her last three were triplets. Yeah, like, so uh, she's, um, she's a very good one to follow as well. Um, she's very interesting. She doesn't think she is. She's one of those very... Extremely modest people, but she is. She's very interesting to follow. And uh, she was in the same time as me. So she had to, between the two of them, we're splitting back and forth. And there's um, Use House as well is um, a charity. So it's accommodation for parents in, in NICUs. Okay, I was um, going to ask, is there, is there, what's the accommodation like? In yeah, yeah. No, there, so Use House actually caters for the Rotunda, Hollistry and the Coom. I'm not sure of other hospitals, but it's definitely them three for any parents in the country who are staying. Um, you need a place to stay obviously so they're not traveling back and forth and also means you're staying with other people with babies in NICU so I know a yeah. lot of the mom found that kind of really nice to 
and like your kids can stay like you know what I mean so if you have a small child at home and you can't be traveling back and forth I know there's people who had their kids staying there as well and okay. um, with time so it's nice to you know what I mean it's something I would have never known about and it's been year. nice then when you got the three boys home and they could have Georgia so that a lot of you were together yeah no yeah I think Georgia like I don't think they ever felt real to Georgia like she knew they were born she knew I was kind of back in the running to be (laughs) going to the park um and she knew all these kind of things but she like she started school the lads were born on the 2nd of August she started school I think it was 27th of August um and originally um I was meant to have them on the 24th so it would have been a week after they were born like thank god they came early again like you know, looking back, hindsight is a great thing that you're like, thank God I went early because I was in a bleeding bad way going in with her three weeks later. So I can only imagine if I had to do it the week after having them. Like, um, so this for her it was it, like it was when yeah again she's probably <laughs> her and my dad <laughs> the unsung heroes of this all. Um, but like the stuff she put up, but like I was like bed bound when I was pregnant. Like I remember she used to ask me for a sandwich and I'd be crying because I had to get out of the bed to go downstairs and make her a sandwich. Like. My mom and dad used to, like everyone used to take her and she was so kind of clingy to me then. Um, and then obviously I was in hospital, so she was even more clingy. And then when I eventually got home, I was going in and out of the hospital every day. So um, when they got home, it was just like, it was like the biggest relief for us because this poor little four-year-old who just wants her mom and dad like was being pulled from pillar to post. And, you know, as soon as kind of Bruce got home, it meant one of us was there the whole time. Like one of yeah. us, it was the two of us was stable. We were there. Chris could take his paternity leave and his time off. You know, the, the little bit of pressure was because we had to keep the time. We had no choice. Like, um, oh, yeah. so, you know, that, that, as soon as Bruce, like, as soon as Bruce's car seat hit the floor here, it was like, oh my God. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like, we've got one, we've, we've got here. And then, like, we, we recorded a reaction. I remember, like, everyone else in the house was like, just come here. Like, you know, like, come here. Like, there's an actual baby. Like, it was like all of a sudden it was, they haven't been making this up for the last few months. Like, um, so like Bruce was the first one home and actually funnily enough, the two of them are Tika Steve's like they're like the other two kind of like Georgia or whatever. And, you know, laughter or whatever. Bruce just follows her around constantly <laughs> have to bring Bruce into her every night to say good night. We have to, you know, that way she's, yeah, you're the most funny, like, but, um, then Lenny on the Monday we were told, we, we, you know on the Sunday they were saying look we think Lenny can come home tomorrow so we were like oh my god yes you know like we've done it and then Ted was who had had the complications with his lungs and stuff, so he was a few steps behind so we didn't actually think we were going to get him home till the weekend and we got a phone call on the Tuesday morning just before I was going in saying do you want to bring in his car seat we're going <laughs> to let's take him home too and I was like I'm not ready for this <laughs> you gotta, you gotta send me home with three babies like, I was like what are you doing but um, yeah no again and um, Chris's dad actually was on he had he wasn't well he has like a form of cancer so he wasn't able to go into the hospital actually for his health we'd be afraid he'd catch something as opposed to um so he hadn't seen any of them so every time we brought one of the boys home the first stop instead of coming home we went to his dad's house so we have the pictures of every time of his dad with them with them all so you know when we had ted like we brought like we, had, we hadn't told anyone we were bringing ted home we just we rang my best friend and my sister were here and we got the phone call. They were helping me that morning. And I was like, will you, will you just mind them? And we're just going to go. Like, you know, that way we're not telling anyone. We're not. Yeah. So we got in the car, went into Hollis Street and just pulled up to everyone, like pulled up to his dad's house with Ted, who was named after Chris's granddad and Chris's dad. Um, 
so it was kind of like that final like you know that moment where you're like oh my god like they're all <laughs> like we got we got the three of them here like and and then getting them home to Georgia that day like again we hadn't told anyone until my mom I just asked my mom would she come up and help me clean or something you know yourself <laughs> the one thing I knew she'd come up for I was like Will you help me clean? um so yeah again we just kind of kept bringing people and being like will you just pop up or will you just whatever and we have three babies and my friend Laura as I say when we got home with the three of them I have a picture of all six of us on the couch and my friend Laura took it like um and she's always like I took the first family photo you know and it was just it was a kind of perfect timing but Georgia I just remember just being like do we do we get to keep them all here and I was like, yeah, like we get, we get to keep them all here now. And she's like, and you, you don't have to go back into the hospital. Like, and I was like, mm. we're just going to go back in for like mommy's checkup and for like the boys checkups, but the boys don't go back into the hospital. Like this is their house now. And she started like roaring crying one of the days because she was just like, I'm just so happy. Like no one has oh, to go back to the hospital. And I was like, oh, you're like the guilt of it all. But um, now she's, she's half besotted with them you know 50% of the time besotted with them and like 50% of the time she's like can we get someone to mind them <laughs> like we just went to Wexford for the weekend there um like first time we've been away god jeez god knows how long um and we took just literally Georgia and we oh, gave lovely, okay. his mom had Lenny his mom had Bruce and my sister took Ted and she just like I remember we were like we go home and get your brothers now and she was like can we not just have one more night <laughs> like, okay George you're milking it now <laughs> but it was just like it is it's mad to kind of think in the last year like the amount she has like she's she's unreal like she's just the amount she kind of has done and has gone through herself like without yeah. even kind of realizing so um yeah no it's your emotional health as well which is something yeah. like I always say to people I'm like it's not just your your mental and your physical health I was like you've emotional health I was like and it probably affects women especially hormonal women like pregnant women so like that I was like a lot more than most people I was like it's this thing of you know you kind of just slot in with your mental health I was like and it's it is completely different I was like your mental mm-hmm. health is your ability to cope I was like you cannot control your emotions like I was like you 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 know you just have to let them run it I was like but you have to kind of link the two things especially after having babies that you're aware of what it is and like it's gonna run its course but you're aware it's gonna pass too like so and like my emotional health I have to say probably took the biggest battering this year like in regards to just having feelings that you're like that overwhelmed feeling and that thing and kind of you know again I'm very lucky again I've never really suffered with my mental health and stuff like that because I've always been very good at coping and once I can kind of put things in place and as I said and I know what's what and I know what's coming or how to deal with it I can deal with it and I can do it like physically and mentally but yeah hormones and emotions <laughs> there no it can just slap you in the face yeah yeah like like the, the pumping and the breastfeeding, and the guilt the you know all these these little things that if you if you don't know how to deal with them or don't have someone to talk to about them or don't have someone that gets it yeah. like it's very difficult like and that's another thing with moms we all go to these you know these mom pages and these mom groups and having babies and you know we, we hear about gentle birth we hear about epidurals we hear about every which way you can have a baby like um but you have to find your niche you have to find that little part of it and it like <laughs> I always say like people could be screaming at me that's not the right way to do something I don't even hear them. I don't care. Like I'm very lucky. Whereas if you are not kind of as, you know, emotionally or mentally yes. stable in, in regards to after, after giving birth and that, that stuff can scream at you. 
and just keep screaming internally at you afterwards. Mm-hmm. So I always say people, when you're going online, make sure you're not looking for information off, you know, these niche kind of groups where, you, you know, they're not going to suit you. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or, like someone telling you that it's not, that's not good for your baby or that's nothing can have like really bad effects on you. And there's loads of groups out there that if you say the same thing or, you, you know, people on the internet that if you say the same thing, they'll go, oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely a hundred percent. Like, so I do always say to people as well, after you have babies, just make sure that you're not looking for your answers in the wrong places. I hope you enjoyed my chat with Ali. I will have another episode in a couple of weeks. I had a chat with a mom who gave birth to triplets um, recently and it was spontaneous as well. And it's a really, really nice listen. And she speaks about motherhood, her postpartum journey as well. So for a mom of multiples, there is another episode coming your way. And I have just finished editing Monday's episode. So there's a brand new birth story coming your way really soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.